Well, hello and good morning, everybody. It is the, the main point, <laughs> and today is May 18th, 2022. Uh, it is Wednesday today, and this is the midweek main point, or the midweek edition of the main point. I'm Jonathan Hendrickson, associate pastor here at Rose of Sharon Baptist Church. I'm your host for the show today, and with me is the rest of the pastoral staff. We have our senior pastor, Jeff McCarthy, our children's pastor, Blake Flincham, and our uh, youth pastor, student pastor, uh, Jeremiah Custer. And uh, here on Main Point, we like to get together and talk about the Sunday sermon. We do it anyway, and we just invite you into the room with us as we as we uh, have our discussion. Man, this is going to be a good discussion today. I, I have a feeling this is going to be a, a, a fun one. Not that the other ones aren't, but this one, this one in particular, because we're dealing with some things that I think that a lot of people. Um, this is this is a topic that I think comes up a lot uh, in outside of church. Outside of even among Christians outside of church, and then even I think among non Christians outside of church, because um, especially when you're dealing with some uh, with recent loss or something along those lines, um, you begin to think about maybe the end times. Now, there was a time where uh, you know, back when the Left Behind series came out in the early 2000s, I was right, right, early 2000s or, or like mid 2000s, somewhere around, yeah, there. right before 2000, yeah. So uh, the Left Behind series comes out, and the movies came out, or the movie. And the, the, there was two or three. I think they did two or three, and they decided. I think decided, make it on. Yeah, I, they did two. <laughs> Kirk Cameron, Kirk Cameron uh, maybe he just had a contract for two or three of them. I don't know. But anyway, they, they, I don't think they ever finished it. Um, but anyway, the Left Behind series was was massively popular. I mean, really popular among, among all kinds of people because, um, you know, you just, it fictionized. In, in many ways, um, the, these ideas of the end times. But it, it caused a lot of discussion to come up about, okay, well, what does the end look like? And Jer- uh, Jeremiah, you, you did a, uh, this, this Sunday's message was um, all about the end times, but I, I like the way you prefaced your mm-hmm. message. Yeah. You're like, um, there's a whole lot of controversy, and there is. There's, there's a lot of disagreement um, in so many camps. If we could spend hours and hours and many podcasts talking about all the different views and all the different support and evidence for the different views of how it's all going to pan out in the you know in the end and so that that has to do with the beginning of the end times but one thing that you find consensus on for the most part anyway i think you found some points of disagreement even in even in this but most most christian scholars and most christians agree on the end of the end times what is the end of the end and when it gets right down to it folks that's all that really matters i mean like how we get to the end is going to be i think a mystery i don't i don't know that you know some of us may live to see that maybe you know maybe you're listening to this and you think we're right in the middle of it right now or we're getting ready to hit it i, I think uh you shared a i think it was you that shared the meme with us uh <laughs> after the sermon about you know somebody pointing at all the things that are going wrong in the world and going this is the end everybody look at it this is the end you know I, jesus himself says you know i, I don't I don't know when the end is. Only the Father knows when that's going to happen. So I don't. I don't pretend to predict it. And and I'm glad that you didn't go down that route. You know, down that road, Jeremiah. Instead, you 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 took your text from the end of the end of the book, um, which was Revelation uh, uh, twenty. Um, uh, well, let's see. Uh, Revelation twenty eleven through twenty one eight primarily. I think you also picked up Revelation twenty one twenty seven. Um, so, uh, really, towards the very end of the book um, is really where you're focusing. And so that's what all we're, we're going to talk about today is just some of the points that you brought up uh, about the end of the end. But before we do that, um, I, I actually thought it was cool what you did. Um, uh, not only did you put a plug in for the podcast, um, <laughs> which is cool, <laughs> but but uh, in doing so, you invited some questions. Um about uh, you know people might have about the end times. I think you had a you know you had to put a video together for you that had a, a bunch of those kinds of questions. You know that that we could think our way through. Like you know, will there be you know good people in hell? Um, uh, why is there a, a temporal? What why is there eternal punishment for a for a temporal sin? Um, uh, why you know why do we have to die? 
Um, you know, is, is Jesus coming back? Those guys, you know, the, all those all those questions. And uh, one of the things you did was you invited uh, people that were there that morning to submit their questions uh, for us as pastors to discuss. And so I'm gonna I'm just gonna toss to you because I didn't receive any in my in my ROSBC pastors at gmail.com inbox, which is our which is our our our, our email for this podcast. Um, but uh, maybe you got some questions and you want to uh, throw them out to us and we can talk about them. Yeah, I got two. Uh, one of them is probably easier to talk about here, but um, one of them is uh, in my sermon. I made a comment. Well, I'll just I'll say exactly what I said. Um, I said you were never intended to learn about heaven or hell from people who claim who who claim to have been there. Mm. Everything you need to know about heaven, hell, or anything else related to your faith has all been recorded for you in the scriptures. And so one person was uh, asked me a question like um, something like, "Hey, so what do we make of all of the accounts? If 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 that's not how we're supposed to learn about heaven or hell, why are they so common? Mm. Are they relevant? Do, are they helpful at all? Yeah." So uh, think of, uh, you know, books like uh, Heaven is for Real. I think they made a movie about that one, too. 90 Minutes in Heaven. Yeah. yeah. Um, those, they, they came out like 10, 15 years ago, and they were immensely popular. Right. Um, I mean, like New York Times bestsellers and that kind of stuff. and so Which shows you, by the way, how much people are interested in this subject, even outside of, outside of the Christian circle, outside, right. of, yeah. outside, of, um, outside of the church. I think that... The, the, I well, think one of them was even the Oprah Book Club when that, she was doing all those. I think that was one that spurred a lot of Yeah, one of them. I, I don't remember which one. But yeah, the, this these ideas um, or these... The, you know, this is something that everybody at some point kind of wrestles with. What happens to me when I die? Yeah. Right? What, what What's going to happen? And so, yeah, I think some people look and go, well, I don't know what's going to happen when I die. But this guy, he's been there. He's died and he came back and he came and told us the story. And so now we know what's going to happen to us when we die. Um, so, yeah, uh, let, let's talk about that a little bit, um, that question. Well, for me, um, obviously, we want to talk about how helpful they are. Um, but for me, it, it's all intrinsic to what are the scriptures? Is the scriptures the word of God? And are we going to assume that God didn't give us enough? Mm. Like, are we going to assume that God just let, like, intentionally left things out for us? Um, or did God give us exactly what we needed? Exactly mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. what He wanted us to have and, and how He wanted us to... Uh, how he wanted to reveal those things. And and I think I think I don't think God like intentionally left things well actually I do. I do think God intentionally left things vague because I think that he knows the hearts of man and I think that like we would I I we already do, but we would we would make an idol mm-hmm. out of heaven. Mm-hmm. Um and 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 I think he was God is intentionally trying to avoid like heaven being the thing for Christians, like being the, I talked about it being the greatest gift. It's not, it's not really the greatest gift. It's a byproduct of the greatest gift, Yeah, which is Jesus. I like that. I and, like that clarification. And so, um, we don't, we don't want to, we don't want a relationship with Christ just to get heaven. If that makes sense. Yeah. You know, um, I, I every time this subject comes up, I, I think back to uh, an interview that I read from a Christian band um, that was kind of popular when I was in college called uh, P.O.D., Payable on Death. Um, and I remember reading, um, I remember reading this guy's testimony and he was like, yeah, you know, the, the, the interviewer of a Christian magazine had asked him something about, you know, tell us how you, you know, tell us, you know, why, why you got saved. Or why you why you became a Christian? He's like, I became a Christian because you know my grandma died or his mom died or something like that, and um, I wanted to be able. I, I just you know I wanted to be able to see her again, and it was like his sole motivation was just the byproduct. It wasn't a relation. There was nothing in his testimony about yeah. I realized I was a sinner. I realized that I needed salvation. I realized that that Jesus died for me. I realized that God loved me. It was all. It was all, the whole thing was nothing but, I just wanted to be able to see my mom again. And I'm like, well, isn't that sort of the wrong motivation? 
it, it's like you said, it's like heaven becomes the, the idol in yeah. some ways. Heaven or your, becomes, your mom becomes the idol. Right, heaven, right. Heaven. And I'm not saying, look, I'm not saying that's bad. Maybe, you know, some people that that's a motivator to, to come. And, I, and, 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 and maybe that's what he, maybe that's his testimony as well. And if he had a chance to detail it out, he'd go, oh, no, no. What I mean to say is I want to see my mom again. I realized I couldn't see her again because of my sin. And so I wanted, you know, and so I, I, I you know, I'm thankful that Jesus died for me. And, he, you know, he, maybe he fleshes it out further that. But that particular interview, I found it fascinating that he said nothing about Jesus. I mean, zero about Jesus. And it was all about his mom. And I just wonder, you know, I think, I think a lot of people, guys, um, do what, exactly what you're talking about. Idolize heaven or idolize the things in heaven um, more than they than they pursue that relationship with God through His Son Jesus. Does that make sense? Yeah, because you hear a lot of talk like a, you know like I want a mansion for me. Um, I can't wait to walk the streets of gold. Things and like that's that. That's one of the reasons why I don't like heaven songs as much. Like, cause, cause yeah, for that very reason, it's like those songs don't talk a lot about Jesus. They're like, I got a mansion just over the hilltop. Right. It's lots of gold and it's very like things I want. <laughs> it's like very like individual centered, you know. Like uh, now, whether those are there, metaphor, whatever. But that was beautiful. But thank you. That yeah. was, that was, that was a great I'm definitely he not got, one. He got the lyrics off a little bit. <laughs> But, but uh, that's not the best thing in heaven, though. A mansion, gold, seeing even seeing family again isn't the best thing in heaven. Yeah. But seeing Christ and seeing Him, yeah, is well, I think, be... yeah, I think the reason some of the details aren't there is so that we can ponder those things and meditate on those things and use our imaginations and think about heaven and think about God and think about Jesus and think about you know, standing before him and all those other things. And then, yeah, plus on top of all that great stuff, I get to see people that's gone on before. I get to meet the Apostle John. And, you know, you're going to have this great, wonderful experience. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, is it going to be a, a big dinner that you're going to eat all day? You know, because there is a scripture that talks about a, you know, a, a marriage supper of the Lamb, things like that. So, so these things are there Chick -fil -A just to kind of whet our appetite, thinking that, well, the best thing I can think of here on earth, and I can compare that to the maybe the worst thing in heaven, is that's going to be even way super than anything yeah. I can imagine here on this earth. Yeah. And I think the hell's the same way that if you. When Jesus uses those language to describe hell, he's using things that they're looking at, like the, the garbage dump and all the rot and the smoke and all. And he's, he's trying to say, look, this is the worst thing you can think of here on this earth. Then multiply that out right. to eternity. Then, That's right. Then, then, so then I think it's done that way so that we can... Because if, if he says, okay, it's going to be this, 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 and this, and that's it. Mm -hmm. Then everybody's like, well, if that's just it... You know, then you're making a, a balancing sheet here. Do I want to go yeah. there or maybe I want to go down here? Right. Because a lot of people look at hell as like this big party and all yep. my friends. I mean, the rock and roll and all that. Yeah. You know, rebellion and all the, you know, picturing hell as, you know, people's like, oh, that's cool as hell. Well, no, hell's not going to be cool. Right. You know, we use that, people use that language and all. Yep. Um, and, and they downplay everything. And I think that's why God has chosen to reveal what he wants to reveal. And then, if somebody has a near-death experience or all those other things, then I can read it. Maybe I can gain some knowledge from it. But, but you know, and it may help me think about, you know, my uh, what's going to happen afterwards and all. But I can't really put faith and trust in that experience. I have to say, okay, well, based on God's Word, I'm glad that that experience brought you to a saving relationship with Yeah, Christ. yeah. And see, I, I like... that experience in and of itself is not going to get somebody into heaven. Right. I like I like what you said there. I think the key here in, in this discussion when we're talking about whether or not we should rely on the testimonies of others or uh, whether God's Word is enough on this and why isn't God's Word more specific, um, all has to do with faith. I think I think I think in one way I think what God is doing here is one I think <clears throat> I think it's impossible for us to even if he had explained it, it would be impossible for our finite minds to really comprehend it. Mm -hmm. But further than that, I think it's also just God saying, "Look, I'm telling you this is where you want to go. I'm outlining for you very clearly in scripture. This is the destination. Mm -hmm. Just trust me." Right? Mm -hmm. You know, if I've made it and I've made it for you, then don't you want to go there just because of that alone? Like, 
if I've made it, or and vice versa, if I'm telling you this is a bad thing, trust me enough to not desire it, right? Trust me enough to not want to spend eternity apart from me. I am giving you this in as plain language as I can. You know, Jesus describes in multiple parables, he talks about it as though it's this, heaven is this big marriage gathering, or it's a party, it's a feast of some sort that's inside this, you know, he uses analogies like that. Like this is something to be desired. You want to be a part of it. You don't want to be on the outside looking in. And that's where he leaves it, Jeremiah. He doesn't, he doesn't give us those details. And I think he does that for reasons. Um, you know, I, I think it's because he wants us to have faith in him as a provider of good things. Yeah. Um, and I think we just, we fantasized both sides too much. Mm-hmm. Um, because like when you fantasize hell, a lot of time, like with pop culture and movies and everything, um, you picture like this thing in the clouds that we don't have. Like we fantasize it, we romanticize it so much. It's something that we it doesn't already exist. And I'm like, you're like, well, it doesn't exist yet. Well, if heaven is just new heaven, new earth, it's just everything we have now without mm-hmm. the curse of sin. Mm-hmm. If that's a true statement, you already have a pretty decent picture of what heaven is like. Mm-hmm. Except, so we want to focus as the church, and I think that's where the Bible focuses. All right, so what does that look like except Jesus is there? Right. What does that look like, like right. except there's no sin there? And that's key, right? Because yeah. Jesus has been here before, yeah. but there was sin in the, there was yeah. sin at the time. You know, Jesus coming back and there's no sin at all. That's, that's, that, you know. Yeah. Where man and God lives in, a man and God, plants and God, animals and God, all of creation is no longer groaning. It's, it's Eden, right? It's yeah. Eden before the fall. Which I, I just don't think we, we say that enough, right? Yeah. Or, or with enough authority. But I think it's pretty clear, like, that this earth is, or, or, this earth at least looks like it's a copy or a shadow of the new one because both times and i didn't mention this in my sermon both texts that i that like the the chapter 20 and the 21 begins with the old earth passes away mm-hmm. both of them one of them they're running away from the presence of god it's gone right from his presence earth and sky fled away and no place was found for them but then um we know then i saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. So like um, both yeah. those texts start with, look, this this one's gone. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's going to be a new one. And then I, I made the point that it's not brand new. It's right. just remade. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and you 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 supported that with the uh, the, the the Greek, Greek right? Yeah, the, yeah. There's a Greek word. That, I like that, that. That was really helpful. Uh, that actually yeah. means remade. Is that is that the way it's, yeah. it's supposed to be? Understood? Well, they both mean new technically. Mm-hmm. Right, but one of them means or we have qualifiers for brand new. Right, and the other, and we have we have qualifiers for being remade mm-hmm. or well, I think re- of, renewed. Well, I think of yeah, I think of like uh, um, well, I could use I could use our, our hobby of board games here, but I'll use a movie instead. You you can make a brand new movie, right? That that has has all new characters, all new all new everything, all new set and everything, or you can remake, right? Uh, which is still a new movie, but it's got this. It's got the old characters, the old set. It's just it's being done in in a new way, right? And so the the idea here is more the latter than it is the former. That if this is not this isn't something that's all new. This is something that's actually a better version of the original. Well, yeah. and when it comes to like our salvation, you know, God when God saves us, you know, He doesn't like obliterate us and then make something new. He takes what's here, you know, our I would actually be very scary if he did that. Yeah, yeah, for real. <laughs> You're sitting in church yeah, all of a sudden, somebody just yeah. disappears. <laughs> but <laughs> he takes you and he makes you new. We're blanko. Yeah, <laughs> probably in children's church. So, uh, um, but uh, it says like we're a new creation. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. we're there. I mean, we didn't get you know like new like a bot. You know, like a bot. Nothing about our skin changed or anything right. like that. But we're a new creation. You this know, is what like thing. I think that in that that even. Even when we talk about having a glorified body that's no longer um, prone to sin or pain, or uh, and is certainly not prone to death, um, I, I'm imagining not prone to aging. 
um, that that those are still going to be purely human bodies um, because of because of exactly what you just talked about. I don't think it's going to be like now we have some sort of alien body, something right. that's different. That's something that's that's not human, no longer human. I think God made us the way that He made us, and He's not going to remake that. Does that make sense? It's still we're still going to be human. It's just human without all the bad. And you see that in I think it's First Corinthians fifteen. I think Paul relates it to like like a seed being put into the ground. That right. same yeah. seed produces, yeah. you know, like a you know, if you like take like a flower or something. Right. I mean, you it still has that same like essence, that same kind of. Right, it's still a flower. It's still, yeah, you, it's you, if you seed. take a daisy seed and put it yeah. in the ground, you're not going to get like you know an oak tree. You're going to get a daisy, right? Right, but yeah. the flower is so much better than the, the seed. seed. And yes. I think that's how Paul relates the our glorified heavenly yeah. bodies, if you will. Jeff, I want to go back to something you said a minute ago because it reminds me of something that um, C.S. Lewis actually said. He said that because you were talking about how. Like our brains can't comprehend, like how awesome heaven is, or even how how horrific hell is. And one of the, one of the one of his analogies, uh, I'm going to tone it down a little bit here. One of his analogies is if you talk to a child um, about what the best thing, you know, the best pleasure in the world is, um, you you know, as, hu- as as adult humans, we might say the greatest pleasure that we can we can have in the world might be marital intimacy, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just something about that that is really wonderful. Um, intimacy within the within the confines of marriage is something very beautiful, something special, something that can't be replicated. And yet, a child doesn't know what that is. And if you try to explain that to a child who's never experienced it. Um, you know, if you try to explain it to Blake, who's never experienced it, because Blake's not married, right? Blake's Blake, Blake's unmarried. We try to explain that to Blake. We can say, "Oh, it's awesome," but I can't. I, 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 the best I can do is say, "Well, what's the best thing that you know, Blake?" Mm-hmm. Blake Blake might say, "I don't know, man. The best thing I know is chocolate, right? Like that's my highest." Nah, he would say NASCAR. He'd say NASCAR. <laughs> Like like when my when my when my favorite when my favorite NASCAR racer wins the race, you know yep. that's it. I'm like, okay, Blake, take that, <laughs> take yeah. the pleasure you get from that. I'm loving and, Kevin already, and multiply that, <laughs> multiply that by like you know ten times, and that's that's the kind of pleasure you're going to find in marital intimacy, or even a hundred times, right? Or even a hundred times, right? And 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 even that's not going to be enough to really explain it to him. And so Lewis says that that pleasure we have and with the intimacy and that pleasure we receive from marital intimacy is probably the greatest precursor we can imagine for heaven. Whatever that, how you feel in that moment with, with your significant other, right, is, is something special and amazing and not to be replicated by any other pleasure. And heaven is better than that. But you just can't comprehend it. That that's and I, I like that. I've always liked that analogy because there's you know we we've not experienced it. How can we? How can we even begin to try and find an analog for it when we've not experienced it? Right. You know. And so going back to the question that our 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 listener um, asked, um, I think that I think in in the way that maybe um, I mean. Set aside the truthfulness of these accounts. We don't. We don't really know. We have no way of knowing these these written accounts and these testimonies, right? I think set aside the truthfulness of it. If, if it points people to looking into Scripture, if it points people to pondering how the awesomeness of the things that God's given us, and 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 it goes in that direction, I think it can be helpful, right? But if that's the only authority. That you're that you're taking, and it doesn't lead you to scripture, then I think it's harm, more harmful than helpful, Jeremiah. That's that's where I would land on on answering that. Question. Yeah, and ultimately, if if you're trying to interpret scripture in light of the event, mm-hmm. then you've done it wrong. You should be interpreting the the, the experience, the event, in light of scripture. Right. And if it doesn't line up, if it doesn't line up, you know it's a false account. You know, right. Um, but I mean, but if it doesn't contradict scripture in any way, then you can say, okay, well, that's that sounds pretty reasonable. That, yeah. that you know, you whether it happened or not, it at least or, it at yeah. least you know it it, it it doesn't it doesn't contradict scripture. So yes. I'm not going to say it hurts anything. Right? Which ultimately, you take that to its logical conclusion, you basically are just saying the same thing. 
Right. I don't need the near death experiences. We we don't need we don't we're not we weren't intended to know about heaven or hell from those experiences. Mm-hmm. We just weren't. Because you don't need at the end of the day you don't need it anyways. If you've got to interpret that event in light of the scriptures, why not just have the scriptures. Well, and that's well, like I was on. Go uh, ahead. Because I, I was looking into that like I was in high school one time and curious into it. So I was just kind of watching some stuff, studying some scripture. And um, the boy in um, uh, Heaven is for real. He was on the Today Show. Mm-hmm. And at the time, Matt Lauer was on there. And he asks him, does everybody go to Heaven? And he says, no. Well, we don't, to support what Jeremiah is saying, you know, we don't have to have his account per se <laughs> because yeah. we have scripture oh, this boy said that you you know, know. here it is and, and, and it's like well no scripture says well, that scripture <laughs> said it first like 2,000 years ago you know so I mean it's just, said it first. you know and, and let's say he says yes right alright well this kid clearly we can't you can't rely on I his. can't rely on his testimony at all I mean right and how would he uh, how can you answer that question with a, th- a 15 seconds in heaven, right? Right. <laughs> how do you know that, that, did you watch people go to hell too? Why didn't you write about that part? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, 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 I get it, I get it. And so, uh, well, I, I And if y'all want to disagree, that's totally fine. But if that were the case, I think there's a portion in scripture, it's like, in Second Corinthians twelve, and whether it's Paul, whether it's not, right, there's right. some debate. But he says there was this man had a vision mm-hmm. of the third heaven. Paul says whether it was in body or out of body, he doesn't know. Right. He said God knows, mm-hmm. but it was things that man are not to man could not even talk about, nor mm-hmm. was he to utter. Mm-hmm. So I just, if you're interpreting that through the lens of Scripture, I. If that is accurate, I'm not sure they should be talking about it in the first place. Well, then would we would we turn around and then say that John was wrong to give us the give us revelation? I think that's a good question. You know, because because John John clearly has given us insight for that. But but I think the reason there is John's being commanded to do so. Right, John's being told to do so. Yeah, Um, and I you see where I'm getting there. I'm just no, I do I I do get it. Kind of like if Paul or this other man wasn't able to utter it. I just, I don't know. It wasn't yeah. that he wasn't able to utter it. It's just he wasn't led by the Holy Spirit to, to actually write it down and reveal it to people. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, like uh, it's in Revelation one. I was actually trying to find it, but God tells John, like, "Hey, you're going to go on this journey, basically mm-hmm. this trip," and he then he says, "Write what you see." Yeah, yeah. Like. Like almost like he could have dictated, which God did, I think, mm-hmm. at points. He dictated first the law. Like mm-hmm. I think he wrote it with his own hand. God could have done that, but in this mode of inspiration, inspiring John to write this, he took him into images and a dream or however you want to say it happened and said, look, write what you see. Um, now, other people could claim to do the same thing, but... Uh, I mean, they're, first off, they're not apostles at this point. That's true. Even, like, imagine someone who went to heaven claiming that they were now apostles because they saw Jesus. Mm-hmm. They saw the risen Jesus. Right. We would have big problems with that, right? Right. Like, in fact, isn't that what Joseph uh, Smith did? Well, to some degree, the, the angel, the angel Moroni appears, but but he does. His whole thing starts off by him saying. He claims that he was in the woods and he saw a vision of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit in the woods together yeah. and telling him that, that basically Christianity had it wrong, um, yeah. that, that there was no true, true, true religion out there right now, and that he would be the one to fix that. That, that was Joseph Smith's vision. And, um, and we have... Before, but that, and that's before, that's before the angel Moroni gives him the golden plates and all, all that. So, yeah. Well, I guess the problem. closest thing we would have in Scripture would be the Mount of Transfiguration. When, That's true. When Elijah and Moses both showed up, and then I think it was Peter was like, oh, let's build some tabernacles and stay here. Because he was excited that Moses was here, and he was excited so that Elijah, Elijah was there. Yeah. That's when God broke into the thing and said, 
whoop, 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 whoop. This is my son, hear him. And that was the end of the story. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, Moses is great and Elijah's great, but this this is the person right here. This is it. This so is... if he wanted to say, okay, Moses, why we're on this mountain, would you kind of tell the disciples what heaven's going to be like and paradise and Elijah, you too? Then we would have had, or even Lazarus, when he came back, he could have said, all right, let's sit down and enjoy Lazarus. He's back now, so let's have a meal and just tell us everything about it. Right. Well, those things aren't there. If it was important, it would have been there. Yeah. And yeah. I think uh, we get sidetracked, just like Jeremiah's whole point at the beginning was, we get sidetracked on everything leading up to the end that we forget about the end. Mm-hmm. But the end is, we don't want we want, don't want people to end up right here. Right. So I'm not going to get distracted by all this speculation. I want to keep pointing them to Jesus mm-hmm. and say, hear him. Yeah. Hear him. And, that, and that's, that's such good advice because I think... There's a lot of people, maybe not so much now as there was back when LaHaye and them had the books out. So many people got, spent so much time on on all those details when oh, they could have churches and when, stuff. when they could have just spent all that time just focusing on Jesus, mm-hmm. and and they and it would have been much time much better spent in my opinion. I mean, I'm not saying that. If if you get a hobby and you you know you really enjoy looking into interpreting. The end times and stuff that that's that's fine that's great but if it if it outweighs the time that you're spending just focusing on just jesus then man i would tell you to reevaluate it because i don't think that that was what the intent was like you said i think the intent god's intent is always for us just to focus on jesus don't worry about all these other details they're fun to look into they're fun to talk about it's okay to do that but if it starts splitting churches, right? Yeah. It, there's a problem with it. There's a real problem with it. And no, I think sorry, whether you get distracted or not, it depends on what question you're asking. Like when or how, you know, that's going to get into some things where, you know, you're not really sure. But if you ask why, mm-hmm. that answer is Jesus. Yeah. You yeah, can't have any yeah. other answer besides Jesus is coming back to reign on the earth mm-hmm. and to establish his kingdom. To right. Usher in a new heaven and yep. a new earth and right. i think i think jeremiah's two points really kind of clarifies the reason why we want to get people to this point is because if you take the second point first i think most people think that everybody is you know i'm born and i'm on my way to heaven yeah 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 and unless something bad happens where i do something really really wrong we're all going to go to heaven mm-hmm. uh, and then the other one then is I'm a good person, then I deserve to go to heaven. Mm-hmm. And those people deserve to go to hell, or if there is a hell. Right. And so, <clears throat> so when we kind of put all the other stuff as the, you know, the the pearly gates and the mansions of gold and all that, if we try to make that the focal point, then that misses the whole point. Yeah. And the whole yeah. point is uh, trying to get people to realize, no, we're not destined for heaven. We're actually destined to hell until something does happen, which is Christ comes into the picture and yep. gives us this opportunity to go be with him. Yep. And, you know, I can't do enough good works to earn heaven, mm-hmm. you know, and because because and, and the problem is and in, in, and in the church, we use language all the time around funerals like, well, he was such a good person and you hear our eulogies and all and it's all about the good things they did and the good works they did. And so somehow or another, their goodness is what's got them where, they, where they're at. Right. Um, or, you know, that, that um, I know my grandma's in heaven, you know, or I know my, my friend's in heaven um, because, you know, where else would they be? Yeah, it's almost... You know, it's like we, we kind of... We don't really want to even think about someone going to hell or deserving hell, so we kind of sugarcoat it a little bit. And, we and do. We're not going to go to heaven. It's like nominally people claim to be Christians, but practically they have beliefs that are closer to Egyptian. That idea that at the end, mm-hmm. all your deeds are put on a scale and it weighs out, and if the good outweighs the bad, then you're in. Mm-hmm. But if the bad outweighs the good, then you can't come into paradise. I mean... I think that, that that in a practical sense, that's the way that people believe about the afterlife, even though they claim Christianity as their as their actual faith. And if you go it's by the books, I mean, you know, <laughs> if you go by the books, you're in trouble because it's only one book that matters. That's exactly right. Or if you go by deeds, you're in trouble, man. I don't want to be. And let's get to that because this this, this <laughs> yeah. gets into your points now, Jeremiah, and it actually gets to I think a second question was asked. Um, but before we do that, 
real quick, just a little, a little fun, uh, fun piece of, of, of thing, uh, of thought that I had. When you look at verse uh, 21-1, when you're talking about details, mm -hmm. and you, you know, saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven the first earth that passed away, and the sea was no more, I think that's hilarious because here John is uh, exiled to the Isle of Patmos where right. he sees nothing but the sea, right. and uh, heaven is a place where finally that stupid ocean's I gone. Yeah. I, don't have any, I don't think I have anything separating me from... And I, if you think about that too, I think... God, like he's looking going, I don't want any more sea. When you think about describing heaven, Heaven. I think yeah. when, when Paul goes through that whole list of things that nothing will separate us from the love of God, yeah. and he lists all these different things, it's like nothing's going to separate you from the love of God. So really, the love of God is heaven. Yeah. The ultimate, yeah. like you were talking about, the ultimate intimacy of love of God the Father to you as a child through Jesus Christ. You know, Without sin being in the way. Yeah, the, yeah. The, yeah, there's no more, there's nothing now to separate you. There's nothing going to separate you from this love that was shed for you and demonstrated for you and you right. get to experience it firsthand now and you get to see it and that's why you know there's not going to be any more and one thing tears and all that other i stuff. love about that but yeah to follow up with that that seed that john's talking about too you know it's, i if you look at the context of that same scene where the dragon came out of the um the beast basically the sin the sinful things in mm -hmm. the world the antichrist the trying to take places of christ things mm -hmm. Is no more. Right. Is no more. All right. More. So, Jeremiah, let's get to this. Um, so, the again, the idea that I think a lot of people have is that they're going to stand in this, that everybody is going to stand in this in this place of judgment and deeds are going to be put on the scale, like your heart's going to be put on the scale. And if you're, you know, it's going to be weighed against something else, you know, and as long as your good deeds outweigh your bad, then you're in, right? But and but then we look at verse uh, twelve and it says, "And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, um, and books were opened. Uh, then another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged by what was written in the books, according to what they had done. And, uh, and it says, "The sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them, and they were judged each one of them according to what they had done." Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. All right, so um, let's talk about this, this judgment because uh, you, made, you made a couple of points. And I think, I think what some people, again, think is that based on this, all of us are going to stand in this judgment and we're going to be judged by what we've done. But... Um, I'm going to be honest, I don't want to be judged by what I've done because if I'm judged by what I've done, then I'm in trouble. I know I am. I, 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 because the Bible says that my, my best deeds, the things that I think are, are my best, mm. are like filthy rags in God's sight. So I'm bankrupt when it comes to righteousness, except for in Jesus Christ. And so talk a little, let's talk a little bit about this idea that are we, it, it, when it talks about this, do we think that this is, I, I know you made the, you, you've talked about this in your message, but let's talk about it again a little bit more here. In verse 12, when it's talking about this judging by what was written in the books, then it says the dead great and small. Um, you said you don't think that that's, that involves, uh, that includes Christians. Is that right? Yeah. So there's two, there's three main views. I only want to talk about two. So the one view, one view is the one I gave, and I'll be honest, it's not the most popular. But I think I think it's for me, it's the most accurate. Um, and, and the whole problem with the views is, is they're trying to deal with what is it, who's getting judged by what they have done, mm -hmm. and what does that mean? So if Christians right. are there getting judged by what they have done, what does that mean? And I think I told you guys this, but I didn't say it in the sermon because I didn't want to cause confusion. But from what I, from the limited amount of research I did, which I did a lot, but it's still, I mean, there's so much out there. Mm -hmm. The general consensus of conservative Christian scholars believe a statement that I don't think I believe. And that statement is that we are saved by grace, but we are judged by works. Mm. We're saved by grace, and we are judged by works. And I'm like, 
I don't, I don't like that statement at all. Not one bit. Mm-hmm. But most of it comes from here and three other texts, uh, which I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna mention them. But there's three other verses in the Bible that seem to suggest all people, including Christians, uh, will be judged. Not saved by works, but judged according to their deeds. So what's, give, uh, unpack that a little bit for me, that view. When, when they say that they're judged by works, um, uh, what does that entail? I mean, it certainly, because if they're Christian, conservative Christian scholars, I'm sure that even they would say, if I'm judged by my works, um, ultimately I'm still going to go enter into heaven, even if my works yeah. are, are bad works or whatever. So basically, they're, they're saying that uh, you have to almost believe, and I didn't realize how many people believe this, mm-hmm. but you have to almost believe that there are levels to heaven and levels to hell. Mm-hmm. Meaning that you receive more war, awards for how good you are as a Christian, mm-hmm. and you receive more punishment for how bad you were as an unbeliever. Mm-hmm. Um, meaning that there's levels, like not not Dante's Inferno levels, like purgatory, right? But, but that degrees, degrees, okay. and, and yeah. So Hitler is getting worse punishment than the than the guy that just barely got him, right? Um, but I just don't I don't think that meshes well with. First off, if that's the case, why don't we have and and you you can read it all you want. Why don't we have the point at which God turns his focus to Christians and says, all right, now you guys are judged this way. Come, come my way. Because mm-hmm. that's like the judgment house and the common picture of what's going to happen at the great white throne judgment. Right. We all go there all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, you this way, you this way. What's the sheep and goats though, right? And, yeah. and Jesus talks about that. I think most people would look at that sheep and goats thing as this judgment of works. Yeah. And it's also, is it, it's not wheats and tares, but it's Revelation 14. There's a similar judgment that right. happens right in Revelation 14. And... Um, this is why I didn't talk about it in my sermon. This is getting into some weeds. What is right? getting some weeds? But, but I think it's, it's important for, for this kind yeah. of for this kind of discussion. I think this is exactly what we want to talk about. And so, like the judgment house thing, you're there. But then also, people talk about this real. You're going to see your sin, all of it. Um, even if you're a believer, you're going to get a picture or have to read the book or whatever. Mm-hmm. Read the book of all these things that you did. Mm-hmm. But then, it, for me, I'm like, how? why is that? That's so impractical. Because what we know about our sin is that it's wiped from... I, we, we never have a clear picture of it's wiped from your memory. But I don't know how else you understand that he takes it and throws it in the depths of the sea. Or he takes your sin and, and throws it as far as the east is from the west. Or he removes all your sin. And he if comes, he's going to do that, then what's the practical purpose of showing it to you right before he does that? Yeah. Why would he... Sh- he give you a reel to make you sad, only to make you forget about the sadness. That yeah. doesn't make any sense. Like, I guess the only sense that would make is you, in the moment, cherish Christ more, but or, then you just forgot your sin. Right. It's like, uh, yeah, that that's where, where I get really, I just don't like the view. I think it's a very, it's a much simpler thing. And like I said, it came from Dr. Aiken. Which Aiken actually believes there's rewards in heaven that are varied. Mm-hmm. So he he kind of believes both. But he said that there's two judgments. One for basically the Christian and one for the non-Christian. Jesus is present at both. Um, but they're, they're, they're judged according to two different things. One's and- judged according to their deeds. The others uh, judged according to Christ's righteousness. According to the book of life, right? Yeah. The, the, the idea yeah. of the book of life there. And, and so <clears throat> those people who, um, who had that Aiken view, how do, they, how do they see that idea of the, sh- like the sheep and goats then? Is that, is that, do they see that as, uh, as just, a, just an analogy that Jesus is using in that moment for the book of life? Or, 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 or do they see that as it's not being judged by your works? Because Jesus says, Jesus very clearly says that sheep and goats are actually differentiated by deeds. I mean, what they did, right? I mean, in some ways. So how do they view that? I don't know. Um, I didn't get that far into studying each of the... I did study the Revelation 14 one. Mm -hmm. And they just said that if you... Basically, if if you believe one at 14, you have to believe the same thing at 20. Mm-hmm. But you can just do that with all of them. 
Mm-hmm. So you can you kind of read into based on this text, read into the other right, judgment okay, scenes. Okay. Because uh, you just you just want to stay consistent with other everyone you. Kind well, of and I think the Christians gonna be our judgment is gonna be is your name written in the book of life. Yeah. Um, well, I think so, that's the point you made in your message. Yeah. Too. Yeah. yeah. So whether we're standing there, uh, and and all of our sin just gets you know downloaded or on a thumb drive it's all like <laughs> instantaneously it's just all like passes right before you in a split second um and everybody sees it and then jesus is right there like no he's with me he's in this book uh-huh. or is it you're standing there and it's like the it's a blank screen like what's going on here it's like oh yeah he's one of mine yeah yeah so because then it's covered by the blood and it's grace it does not work yeah you know, yeah. now later on on the judgment seat of Christ, I can see where I've got this foundation now, and the things I did on this foundation, you know, maybe I, maybe you know, I got this more eternal reward or whatever. Mm-hmm. But to me too, I think we're going to take those re- rewards, and we're going to basically bring them to Jesus' feet yeah. anyway. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's just really strange. I'll tell you something. I was I'm telling these guys, uh, we were talking about this. I think we was talking about prior to Jeremiah actually preaching it, but. Um, I'll ask you if you've ever heard this before. Right after that, that verse about the, uh, uh, it's actually in the twenty. I think it's like chapter twenty one. It's yeah. in twenty one, where it talks about. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He tears. says, he says, behold, the dwell, uh, and I heard a loud voice on the throne saying, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God Himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. <clears throat> I actually have heard someone say, well, why, you know, why, why are people crying? Well, the only reason they'd be crying is because they've seen their sin. And, and, and so they use that wiping away every tear yeah. from their eyes to say, not you see your sin, but you see the vast humanity and even people you knew and loved that, that didn't have their name written in the good life. So, but okay. I think that's what's breaking. But if that, but if, but if that happens, are we going to carry that knowledge into uh, heaven? Yeah, I with think when this? he wipes uh, somehow or another, when he wipes that, he wipes all that. I think that's somehow or another because we got to enjoy God forever and Jesus forever, and knowing that and having I, that knowledge. I, I know my grandpa was in hell. You know, yeah. Maybe I maybe I became a Christian, but I didn't ever tell him or my friends I work mm-hmm. with and all I mean that how can you enjoy heaven forever yeah, yeah so I know this is all speculation it, well, it all, has to be speculation you know somehow or another because God's God it's going to happen where the the memories of our past are really compared to our experience for him forever to be with him and worship him forever is 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 like um I think it's just behind you, and you got this new, this new outlook and this new focus, mm-hmm. and you're focused with the people with you, and you're all focused on worshiping Christ. Yeah, yeah. You know, with unfettered worship. That, you know. Um, so I mean, and I think computers and all that, we we can see how those things can happen, where things get erased and things get wiped out, and all mm-hmm. that other stuff. So, or how everything could be on a screen, or you, you know, right now, if you wanted to pick. Pull up on your computer, you can see what's going on in the Ukraine right now. Mm-hmm. It's on the other side of the world. So I think we have physical things that show how, in the multiplied out in eternity, how God can do some yeah, things yeah, yeah. that we just can't comprehend and understand. Yeah, like you look like you had something you wanted to add. Yeah, and I think, I think you know, at the end of the day, with that, I, what's in this earth now? Talking about the new heaven and the new earth. What's in this world now, I mean, I can't, you know, if you want to sum up everything that's in this world now with sin, it is death, it is mourning, it's crying and pain. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be done away with mm-hmm. when Jesus comes back. Mm-hmm. Things um, that would cause us well, to... Well, and all this is after that judgment, too. So yeah. it's almost like you, you experience that, and whether we're judged right there with them, too, or we're spectators because we've already been judged, and we're in the book... And we see what's going on. This comes afterwards, so it's almost like there's that reset where you kind of yeah. Because I, th- I think the tears are going to be the tears of okay, yeah, I, I don't deserve this and what Jesus did for me. Also, 
my friends and the people that I knew that aren't going to be in heaven forever experiencing this too. So there's going to be reasons why there's going to be tears. Right. I, um, <clears throat> when I when I read this, I, I read that those, I read that verse together. So that kind of like what you just said, Blake. Uh, the, what causes me to cry? Death mm-hmm. does. Mm-hmm. Mourning, yes. crying, pain. Those things are, are are passing away, and because they're passing away, it's like God, God, God in 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 renewing things is literally wiping away tears and wiping away the source of tears. And You're not going to have pain. any any reason to cry any longer. Right. Um, and so, I don't know. May, maybe it is the case that I have knowledge in that moment. Maybe maybe I, you know, maybe it is that way. But I I, I look at this more as. The wiping away of tears isn't because of anything that just happened in that moment of judgment, but rather, it's 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 a it's a blanket statement of saying, pain and death and all the bad is gone now. He has wiped it, and 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 it's it's gone. Right. Um, and, that's right. that's how I. And just I like he can't remember yeah. sin anymore, then he's going to give us that same yeah. capacity not to remember it. I just can't, and I can't comprehend yeah. that. Right, my brain no. can't even imagine no. that. And it's so pl- we're so plagued with it today. Yeah. I mean, I was just talking with um, a buddy of mine. He uh, is Ukrainian, and um, talking about he, you know, he knows people who knows people who knows people that have been suffering mm-hmm. within the last few months. Right. Um, things like that are just going to be done away with. Yeah. Yeah. And just you know, just seeing a personal example on there is just like wow. Yeah. You know, that's going to be great. So, Jeremiah, is there more to be said about these ideas of these two different judgments? And, and is, there evident, is there other evidence for, for looking at um, the idea that these, are two, these should look, be looked at as two separate things? Yeah, so I think you need two, two pictures of, of judgment. And whether we're present, at, like I said, it doesn't really matter to me whether I'm present at the first one. I'm not, I'm clearly not the focus of the great white throne judgment, this like pure, because there's so many other texts in scripture that talk about Jesus is my advocate, Jesus mm-hmm. is my witness, mm-hmm. uh, Jesus is there. He's uh, our righteousness. He's our righteousness, and, and, and we're going to be judged judged and saved according to his righteousness, mm-hmm. not just yes. not just saved. But, right. Uh, and so it's like, and maybe, maybe I don't know, maybe I've been preaching wrong, but I always like to say when I get before God, when I'm before Jesus, I think they're both there, by the way, uh, based on uh, Revelation 22, 1. Which mm-hmm. It's called the throne of God and of the Lamb. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, I guess it could be both. Right. So you're <laughs> before God, but you got the Lamb. But yeah, he's your advocate. Yes. He's standing there. And it's literally, you could read it in, in Revelation 3, uh, where it talks about he's... He's making. He's he's a witness. He's mm-hmm. making an appeal to God mm-hmm. in in the present. So right. there's clearly we are going to stand before God. Like there's going to be a judgment time, mm-hmm. but it's mostly, if not all, positive for, for us for the belief. Yeah, like it's not a. It's not like a. It's not a condemning thing. It's like a, a moment of embrace because I'm covered by Christ's righteousness. So. Right now, even, I, I can approach the throne of grace. I can approach the throne of God, and I can make my appeal to God because I'm covered. Well, why, why if I can do it now on earth, why is there this moment in my death where it's like I, I'm supposed to fear God? Um, mm-hmm. I, I shouldn't. I should embrace God because I have a perfect relationship with Him through Jesus, who's advocating for me and, right. and yeah. making an appeal. So um, that's why I think... I think Jesus is the judge because that's that's a very common theme in the whole Bible, uh, where God is literally saying things like, uh, "I give you the authority to the to judge." judge right. over. Yeah, sure. And so uh, Christ at the at the thing is not my judge, but he's my advocate. He's my lawyer. Mm-hmm. If you want to mm-hmm. do courtroom talk, um, he's not the judge of me. He's <clears throat> he's my advocate. He's my lawyer. He's my uh, mediator. He's all of those things that the Bible uh, talks about, and so clearly that's not the picture in Revelation twenty uh, eleven through fifteen. That's not the picture for the unbeliever. Mm-hmm. For the unbeliever, it's 
They'll be confronted with their actual sin, which would be laid out in front of them in books or movies, however you want to say it, but probably written uh, in books. And uh, then they'll be judged uh, according to what's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And, of course, I went into what that is and whose book that is and why it matters and all that stuff. So if they're judged... Actually, that's a good question, though. If they're judged according to what they're done in that first judgment, right, yeah. that, that we were saying that, that Christians are not part of, yeah. aren't they already judged? I mean, why yeah. even bring out the, the Lamb's Book of Life at that point? I think that's why they're the only ones there. They've already been judged. Like, the, the Lamb's Book of Life is uh, it, like they're judged according to that first and then they're confronted with their sin. Oh, okay. So it's like it's, it's simultaneous, but both and. That's why I don't even well, think you, we're if there. If you haven't accepted grace, grace through Jesus Christ and your name's not written, the only thing you have is works. Yeah. And then the works is going to be shown that yeah. it, it's, it's not enough. It's not adequate. Well, what is it you say? You've said this before on the podcast that, that sin will be paid for. You'll either... It must be paid for. Right. Sin must be paid for because God is a just God. Um, he's, a, he's a righteous and just God. So sin must be paid for. Yeah. Either, um, either Jesus pays that price for you or you pay it yourself. Yeah. Right? I mean, I think that's what you've said. Yeah. And I, I actually said it again in, in the sermon. <clears throat> yeah, I thought you did. Uh, I did it on uh, yeah. one of the application points. Uh, I'll just read it because <laughs> I can't say it. If I, if I could say it better, I would have, maybe. Right. God is just, and He is just in all that He does. God must punish sin. What kind of God would He be if He let sin go unpunished? What kind of God would He be if He, if he just allowed injustice to go free? Don't you hate it when you see injustice, uh, sorry, see justice ignored? Don't you hate it when you see somebody get away with something? God will ultimately right all wrongs, and that's what hell is. You might ask, well, I won't do that part. He put... On Jesus, the full punishment for your sin. He took every single ounce of your sin so that none of it would be left for you. There's only two ways to pay for sin. Jesus can pay for it on the cross or you can pay for it yourself in hell. Yeah, yeah. And then I think I said I added, and I should have added it here, but I think I said that's what hell is. Yeah. That's why it exists. It's, it's a punishment for sin. Yeah. And if it didn't exist, God would not be just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it. I think Revelation here and at the end here it shows the magnificence of what Christ did on the cross, mm -hmm. um, and exalts Him. Um, you look at Martin Luther. He did a lot of good things, but he's one thing he said about Revelation was he doesn't see Jesus anywhere in it. Or Aiken mentioned that. Maybe you can help yeah, flash that comment. He said, I don't, I don't preach on Revelation because I don't, it doesn't exalt Christ. That was Martin Luther's words. And mm -hmm. I, I mean, I agree with Aiken when he said this. He's like, well, what, what book of Revelation was he reading? <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, because this whole book, doesn't matter what view you have, this book exalts Jesus. Oh, yeah. And exalts him, and especially when it comes yeah, to his the, second the first coming. chapter is nothing but exalting. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, so right. it's just, you know, it's like, it's it's a little bit <laughs> odd. Alpha but Omega, the beginning, the end. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit odd, but you see how well this exalts Jesus. Yeah. And the study of this, regardless of what you do, should exalt Jesus. Yeah. And I, I like, and that's what I love so much about these chapters here. Well, listen. There's so much more we could talk about with with when, yeah. we're, when we're dealing with all this, um, but um, we're really out of time. Um, but, you know, but listen, uh, listeners, we've we've addressed both the questions that were that were asked, and we spent a good deal of time on those. We've actually talked a little bit about them, well, quite a bit about the message as well, and, and, and doing so. So I don't feel like we shortchanged our discussion here. At yeah. all. I think it's a good discussion today, guys. Um, but there's room for more, and if you have more questions about the end, the end, you know, you, you have questions uh, that, that you'd like us to dig even deeper into. We can set aside uh, some time to do that. We, we enjoy talking about things like this. And we really enjoy talking about your questions because we want to give you things that, that are going to matter to you, where you are, the people you're talking to, the conversations you're having. Um, that's part of what we're doing with this podcast is giving you practical ways to apply uh, the, the sort of things that we're talking about. So... Hopefully this has been helpful. Uh, those of you who asked questions, I hope you listened in and, and got your question answered. Um, and if you have questions, you can always email them to us at rosbcpastors 
at gmail.com, and we'd be glad to answer those. Jeff, what are we going to talk about next week? The memory verse, waging war. Waging war, and I, I've read your blog on on uh, on uh, Ukraine and how they were having a wedding there in the middle yeah. of the of of of, uh, of warfare, and I think that's really interesting. So uh, that picture is an interesting picture, um, and I look forward to talking about sort of this idea of peace in the middle of warfare and uh, how can we have peace in the middle of that warfare? Good stuff. All right, we'll look forward to doing that next week then. Uh, Right now, we are going to sign off. So thanks for listening. Uh, uh, We appreciate uh, you listening and and giving us your thoughts. And uh, we hope here at Rosa Sharon that you have a great rest of your week. And we will see you on the next one. For now, so long.